Hey team, welcome to episode 67 of Transition Talk, where we talk about dental transitions and how to navigate the sometimes messy path to practice ownership. Folks, we are approaching the end of 2021. Did we ever think we would get here? In this episode of Transition Talk, we're going to take a look back at this year and reflect on what we saw in the dental transition world and maybe personally, especially in a year where we were finding a new normal or maybe the old normal after a year like 2020. As we take in what we learned this year, we also look forward forward and consider ways that dental transitions and professionals can use the lessons of 2020 and 2021 to improve their world in 2022. So, Mr. Loretto, as we sit here in December, how are you? Hey, Christy. Hello. How's the uh, Christmas shopping going? Oh, man, I am more prepared this year than I have ever been in the Christmas shopping world. Amazon is uh, approaching daily? Uh, a daily, and yeah. all the supply chains are going to be gone. Has yes. really scared me. So, no, we're doing well. My ring is going off like crazy. <laughs> you know, I can tell you that it's impossible to break into my house because I've got it front and back, you know, side doors. I can always tell that the Amazon Prime and whoever else is delivering just on a daily basis. Yes, we are very much approaching that time. So I feel like just now I've started to kind of feel, I don't know, normal again, if that's sure. even a word we can use anymore. Kind of what if we look back on this year personally, maybe even from NDP standpoint, like how are you feeling? What what do you think on most? Yeah, no, I'm, if I kind of reflect back for 21, I, I mean, I'm happy for my family. I'm happy for my kids that they're back in college and happy that they're getting to experience, you know, my daughter, a, a true sorority experience was I paid for last year and got no return over. I have no issues there <laughs> at all. You know, I had no idea sorority is going to be so expensive. I just, I just looked at the dues and go, that's going to be it. But I had no idea all the parties and everything oh, else. Yeah. No, that, that's, yeah. that was a bad idea. But happy that we got to do a family vacation together. Mm-hmm. Happy that uh, Roxanne and I get to do some more traveling. Happy to spend more time with my dad, who is, you know, he's got some issues. He, he turned 90 this year. So just happy to have that little bit of normal life, you know, back in place. I'm super reflective and happy when I think about, you know, 21 with our NDP team. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it, been an it's, incredible year. It's awesome because when you get a good group of people and they're committed and they're all working toward the same common goal, I'm proud of them, proud of the the people that that we have. And so as I look back, I'm thankful for the people we have in our team that are so committed to making our business so successful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you think about where we were in March of 2020 and we all thought like no one will ever buy a business, we will all be done to where we are today in December of 21. I think we have at least three new people who were not with us in 20 or just came in at the tail end of 20. And I look at our team right now and just like all of you who are listening, who want to own a business or want to have a practice, right? You want those people who work for you to care greatly about your patients. And that's what our people do for our clients. We really care about what we do and it drives the advice we give every day and and how we do business and kind of what we want. And we truly celebrate when our clients close. And I know you and I do that, but to look out and to kind of our team and know that every single one of them feel the same way definitely makes me proud and definitely is a very looking back kind of and seeing kind of how we got to where we were, especially with 2020 is that speed bump. I know everyone who's listening, who's experienced that has had that feeling in their own way, hopefully. And if not, you should. Well, the one thing you said that for our listeners that are the the associate, the dental student, the resident, the, I just bought a practice to maybe a senior doctor that could be 35, doesn't have to be a senior, just that they're an owner, they're bringing someone in. 
the absolute thing that you said there that just stuck with me is you hire people who care. Mm-hmm. It, and, and forget about, it doesn't have to be the associate that's making this amount. It could be the assistant that's making 22 an hour. It could be the hygienist that makes 44 an hour. It could be the, doesn't make a difference. You mm-hmm. just want people that care. I mean, you can train so many other pieces and they could be technically better, but man, if they don't care, it's just, it's not going to work. It's flat. Yeah. It really does. So I think that that's a good segue into kind of the topic of today's episode, which is just kind of reflecting back on 21 from a transition and just kind of the dental industry that we operate in. And clearly everyone has their own perspective here, right? We're not here to kind of talk more clinically or, you know, kind of to say we've been in your shoes because we know it's been a rough 2020 was rough and 2021 for a lot of people has been an incredible year, but also a year of challenges, you know, with opportunity comes challenge. And so we're going to talk a little bit about, and I think the two words that kind of come up when we talked about this and as we kind of brainstormed and kind of really reflected back was adaptability and kind of that remote right? People are working remote, televisits, all of those things are kind of new pieces that I think either showed that you could succeed, you know, post COVID and during COVID or caused, unfortunately, some practices to fail, right? If they Mm -hmm. couldn't adapt to kind of the new normal and were stuck in their ways, like they just didn't kind of move forward and they couldn't recover from what happened. So when you kind of think about 2021 and practices and kind of our experience, kind of what sticks out in your mind? Well, I think the first thing is the world obviously has changed as far as how the workforce Mm -hmm. has completely changed. I mean, the, the high-rise offices where you're going to have 500 employees or 1,000 employees all just show up, you know, on the same day and the traffic and, you know, that, that commute, it's just simply not going to be there. I don't see it ever coming back, but the reality is that's changed and it has changed for the positive mm-hmm. in so many ways. And when you think about it from a clinician standpoint is you have a practice and if it's a hygiene-driven GP practice and you're seeing, you know, 16 hygiene patients and you're seeing eight restorative so call it 25 patients a day. The goal is the people show up. I mean, that's, you know, your, your no-shows are what kills you on your hygiene and no-shows and your restorative side, it absolutely crushes you. And so what we've seen with our dental practices at Cane Waters and just us being in this business on NDP side is that these practices are soaring. And one of the things that I think has come from this is that patients are showing up. And the reason is because they're working from home. They have that flexibility they're not just maybe just stuck in the office. And so they're they're showing up more. You know, our economy is doing great. You know, you've got just the consumer itself is making more money and they're taking care of themselves. So from just a patient standpoint, it's completely changed. And we're seeing that, you know, across the board and, and hearing that from our dental clients. So from that perspective, it's changed. Yeah, I think some of the things that I saw in a way this is kind of remote, but it's one of the things that I hope stays around some, you know, kind of the, when I take my kids to the dentist, we wait in the parking lot still and get the text to say, Hey, come in for a parent of young kids. My kids are older now, so it's not, it's more of laziness on my part, but for, you know, a parent who has two or three young kids, like that's one of the things that changed because of COVID that I see sticking around because it's less stressful to wait in your own car with your kids and get texts and go right in and go right back. You know, there's not that piece of it. So I feel like the remote angle of like, how do we still do what we're doing without 
necessarily kind of having everyone just congregate, right? And kind of mm-hmm. how do we make it work and still provide a level of service? I feel like most people have taken what worked and taken what still works and kind of did away with some of the more cumbersome pieces from COVID, right? Like there used to be COVID concierge and things like that at practices. And those are clearly gone because they're not needed anymore. But the fact that now they're keeping the good pieces, removing the pieces that were cumbersome and maybe cost them more is really, really helpful. So as a patient, I love that. And that those practices, I feel like, have gotten good response and we've seen growth in them during this time period. So I think that's kind of a an offshoot of remote, but I think it's helpful just to have that. I guarantee we're seeing efficiencies because I've you know been to the physicians as well. And it's just the old days of just sitting in a lobby, mm-hmm. you know, for an hour with 50 other people. That mm-hmm. just seems like there's much more of a priority of paperwork that's ahead of time and then getting in and going straight back and seeing the doctor. So just the efficiency and I think just the, the patient being more prepared, I think has been a great change. You know, I think this whole work remote thing, uh, I know even at the Kane Waters office, we've got accounting and tax, about half our uh, employee base is is working remote. Here at NDP, you know, we do two, three days a week for our employees that are working in the office and then two to three days, you know, where they're working home and it works great. And this is what they want. You got to listen to your team. Obviously, in dentistry, it's very much, you know, where you're taking care of a patient. So it's not like your assistants or you as a clinician can do that, mm-hmm. you know. But I do think that there's an opportunity within your front desk and to, from a billing standpoint, if it's a anything on the AR standpoint to, you know, phones being addressed, uh, there's opportunities. And we're starting to see some of these newer practices uh, with technology to have that ability where they're working remote and it's awesome. And it would have never happened, shouldn't say never, it would have been unlikely to happen without COVID, right? No doubt. We would not have the ability to work as remote as we do without the fact that we had no other choice but to figure out solutions. That's right. Um, Zoom is clearly only exists in everyone's world. I mean, it existed well before, but most people didn't use it or know of it or Zoom was not, you know, kind of a verb. But now it is, right? I had a practice who had a front desk office manager who was going to retire because she had been there forever and wanted to move way up north. And pre-COVID, the doctor said, I would have just said, okay, you know, see you later. It's been lovely having you and now I'm going to replace you. But she was such an asset to the team. They created a way for her to be able to still do billing and, you know, answer phones and kind of be, have a role in the practice because she, you know, they had already figured out how to do the remote thing and technology made that easier. So I think that we look back on 21, like our lives for better or worse are more remote than they were. And I think people are being more creative with how they keep good people and good assets and figure out a way to make it work again, if you can, to make that happen. So we look back as well, you know, one of the biggest things that we're all experiencing is just this workforce issue, which I still can't get my head wrapped around it, but the employee is more in demand today than ever Mm -hmm. from a wage standpoint they're in demand. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you're dealing with employees, you want to be smart. Obviously, when you interview employees with surveys, income is important. But if we don't listen to this demand with this, the ability to be flexible and have that work remote option, then the chances of them leaving are going to be great. And so if your competitors offer that in other dental practices and you don't, and you haven't thought that through, and all of a sudden you're starting to lose key team members, 
you need to be proactive in this. And just, again, knowing your team is going to be key because the, one of the things that the nation has, you know, polled all of these millions of workers in the U.S. and the same goes globally is they enjoy working at home. Mm-hmm. They, they enjoy it. Now, I'm not saying it has to be 100 percent, but uh, that's what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, if you're the owner and you have 15 key team members and three or four are demanding that, and that's that front desk team for that size practice, and this is what they're demanding, you're going to unfortunately have to listen. So it's something that is real. And again, it's not changing until, let's say, where it's reversed, where the wages are, are back down to a, a normal level where people are not commanding 20% type raises. And there's plenty of people looking for jobs. And we have unemployment rates back in, you know, 6 7 8% and not where, you know, there's signs on every single fast food and every retail of higher, higher, higher. It's we're going to be in this space and we've got to be sensitive to the employee issues uh, that we're in right now. Yeah. And that's I mean, that definitely goes hand in hand with what does 22 look like and kind of challenges. And again, every opportunity has like a corresponding challenge of kind of figuring out how those work together. One more thing I want to focus on before we kind of look forward and kind of talk about what we think 22 looks like and what we learned and kind of how we apply that is this fear as we look back and saying, like, what happens if 2020 happens again, right? Like, and clearly, we all hope that something of the magnitude of COVID, the way it surprised us all and the way it impacted us all, hopefully that doesn't happen again. But I hope everyone here understands that, like, each individual practice, each individual person listening to this episode will have a event like that again. Like, For it's sure. almost guaranteed, right? For sure. And it might only be a tornado or it might be a health event or, you know, something that kind of stops down your world and your practice. And the thing that I hope that people learn and have reflected on and kind of figured out is what do I need to do to prepare for that event, right, moving forward? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anyone who's lived through this and owned a practice or was an associate during this time, you have a lot of history now to learn from. And you kind of have lessons and what worked and what didn't and what practices thrived and which ones didn't. And I think taking the time to reflect on that and kind of really think about that is really, really beneficial. It might not give you any immediate you know, feedback now, but I think it will help you be better prepared whenever that next event happens for you. Because will it happen again? 100%. Can we tell you when or why or how or what the impact will be? No. And if you're a buyer looking to buy a practice right now, that's a really hard thing to get through because owning a business is risk. And you're taking on the risk of something like that happening again. All the owners today that are listening had that risk for however long, right? And maybe it took them until last year to have it happen, or maybe they had two of those before that. But I think it's an important thing to kind of reflect back on. Yeah, you think about a death, a disability, a disagreement, any type of natural disaster. When these things happen in your life, you typically go to some type of legal contract, okay? Mm -hmm. So legal contracts will be the life insurance policy, disability policies, perhaps a partnership agreement. You're going to go back and look and say, well, how did I protect myself? Another way to protect yourself from a financial standpoint is cash. Now, I know a lot of our listeners have dental student debt. And so I get that that's an emotion, but I'm telling you right now, the one thing that hopefully that you learn through this, both the owners and both the associates, is just the importance to prepare for the next event. And so by having just cash put to the side, not who's got the least amount of debt as the winner, but who has the most cash to essentially help bail themselves out, 
is where you it gives yourself comfort and flexibility. You know, kind of like from a what did we learn? Absolutely, that a next crisis is going to happen, and you better be prepared, and you you better know how to take advantage of that situation as well. So, so many dentists thrive but they took advantage of the situation. They saw other practices just kind of collapse. It created new patients. They had emergency patients they were able to take on. Family members kind of run their practice and they literally have just thrived through this situation. And so I can't say it enough. Obviously, it's my 20 years of commitment to a financial plan, my commitment to saving that is it gives me the confidence by saying that, hey, this, this actually works. And so it's certainly something we want to make sure that we teach, inspire, that you can also protect yourself through the next crisis. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at ways, if you are an owner now and you are about to go on a break and kind of reset and recharge for 22, what can you do? Look at your fees, look at your profit and loss. If you haven't taken that step, you know, we have episodes on here that talk about ways to cut costs and ways to understand what your profit and loss is. Like you have an asset, it produces cash and ultimately you're responsible for how much cash that is that it produces and what you do with that cash. And so if you are so lucky to have a profitable practice, then, you know, how do we make it more profitable? How do you sock away more cash, right? Like those are things that you can do proactively. Those are things that you have control over as an owner to be able to, you know, to set yourself up to be able to weather another storm, maybe better than you did, or, you know, continue what you've done historically that allowed you to kind of thrive through COVID. So I think that is, you know, learning from history is a big one and how to prepare for 22 and kind of take advantage of kind of what we've already learned. So, yeah. And I know we're going to talk about that in, uh, in the next episode. Do you want to yeah. kind of hit us on some of our bullets that we'll, yeah, that we'll yeah. focus on for so, next, next episode? Yeah. So when we come back from our break in January, we're going to talk about buying and selling in the new year and all of the things we've learned and kind of how those specifically impact transition. So everything from the staffing challenges that I know we are all facing um, and that you all are facing and that we hear, we hear from clients daily who either are having to overpay, be creative with incentives. They're short staffed, right? So their, their wife is filling in for, you know, whatever they need. They're doing hygiene. You know, we know there are challenges there. So how does that impact transition? What can you do about those things? Clearly timing tax changes and the impact of those on transition, the unknown of that and kind of why that matters and what you can do about it. We're also going to tackle private equity, which I know we have a few episodes where we've talked about that, but specifically what has happened in 21 and why that matters in 22. I can tell you it's not going anywhere, but I can also tell you it's still not the only solution or or going away, right? So we'll talk about how that impacts transitions in 22 and what that looks like. So we have quite a few things. Um, Some of it's rehashing things we've already talked about, but 21 taught us a lot of lessons about those and kind of put a new spin on those things. And so there's a lot of good things happening in the transition world. And so we'll be ready to kind of talk to you all about those when we come back in January. Yeah. I mean, I want to hit on fees. I want to hit on your individual accounting so you can really focus on your business from a team and lab and supply costs. I want to talk about making sure that you've analyzed your vendors, remove some of those emotions and really to be competitive. Yeah. 
Um, you know, because if when you're having wage issues, it affects our direct costs, which obviously now impacts our bottom line. So then we got to look at how do we drive revenue? How do we still remain responsible as a small business owner and run our business to be efficient? So yeah. uh, no, I'm, I'm super pumped for that next episode and really talking about, you know, 22. And I think if you look at 22, I think people are just so... Nerve, can can you repeat twenty one? Yep. You know, biggest can, question we get. It's like wow, we're up like twenty percent, twenty three percent. You know, these massive numbers that have increased. You know, outperforming nineteen by dramatic numbers for many of these practices. And is this just this pent up one time demand thing in twenty one, and it's all going to fall apart? And that's that's the natural tendency in all of us is can we repeat what we just did because it was like an amazing you know year. And and my best guess is that we will. I think twenty two will be a great year. Um, you know, and I'm you can't I'm, always I'm excited. have your best year ever though. No. You know what I mean? So no. like well, you're right. You can, some practices will keep going. Some practices might stay you know, kind of may stay stable with where they went in 21. Maybe some practices go down. I mean, I think the goal here is that what you're doing, if you're listening to this, you clearly have a focus on education, right? Unless you work for NDP and I forced you to listen to this, but <laughs> you clearly have a focus on education and you want to learn. And that's all that we are asking you to do. And I think making decisions based on facts and based on where you are and knowing that you're never going to be able to predict the future, you're never going to be able to have that crystal ball. You make the best decision you can in the best moment, knowing what you know. And that's what we do. And that's kind of why we wanted to have this episode, I think personally and professionally, at least once a year, you should look back and say, what did I learn and where did I mess up and where did I thrive and how do I do or not do that again in the next year? And so we are super grateful for you for listening. I think I haven't checked the numbers, but we're, you know, 135,000 strong and listens here. We've got 67 episodes. We still love doing this and love talking to you and are just grateful for your support and hope that we add a smidge of education and inspiration to your ownership journey, whether that's soon or whether you're looking to transition out and start the next chapter. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. You are welcome. Thank you guys. Happy holidays. Make sure you share the transition love with those who may not know of us yet. And of course, subscribe to Transition Talk wherever you listen to your podcast. From Charles and I and everyone at NDP, we wish you a very happy holiday season. Until next time. Yeah, thanks guys. 